Welcome back to episode six of the Civil Podcast. Today, our special guest has come all the way from India, Miss um, Arushi Bala, Managing Director at Encardio Wright Electronics. Today, we'll start out with talking about our highlights of the week. What was your highlight of the week, Leah? So we are recording this podcast only a few days after the last podcast, so I'm going to talk for the future. Um, and my highlight of the week will be going to Salt Lake City this weekend to see my sister. Her birthday's on Friday, November 5th, so I'm very excited. What about you, Ivan? My highlight of the week was playing basketball at the park this morning. Um, my GSI ended the discussion a half an hour early, so I had some free time. Now we'll introduce our special guest, Ms. Arushi Bala. Could you briefly introduce yourself and your role at Encardio Wright Electronics? Hi, thank you so much for having me at this podcast. And I'm really excited to be doing something like this here. So I'm Arushi and uh, I am the Managing Director of Encardio Wright Electronics Private Limited. This is a 55 year old organization now. It was started by my father. He and his brothers, two of them were studying at MIT and one of them was at Harvard doing his medicine. And in the labs, they noticed that they were the same reading instruments. So that's when they decided that when they go back to India, they're going to set up a company that manufactures reading systems. So that's how the inception, and over the last 55 years, we have just uh, changed path, evolved, and I think managed to survive, which is quite a achievement for most companies. Uh, I have two children. Uh, Ritwik and Avya. Ritwik is incidentally studying at Berkeley and Avya is now at UC San Diego. Yes, Ritwik is a good friend of the podcast um, and I'm very grateful that he helped arrange getting you on the podcast this week. Um, our first question for you, so you kind of mentioned this in explaining a cardio rights goal, but um, when I was listening to a past interview, I heard you mention that it was initially started as a medical instrument company and then kind of evolved into geotechnical instruments. And can you explain why the founders went in this direction and yeah, why there was a shift in markets? This started as a medical instruments company very naturally. Uh, my grandfather was a doctor and my father's brother was also a doctor. And like I said, they saw the same reading instruments at uh, MIT and Harvard and that's how the inception happened. Uh, as time went along, they developed the first telescope, they developed patient monitoring systems, but eventually the MNCs came into this business and they felt that uh, this was not really their interest. Then they got approached by the Indian Space Research Organization to develop load cells for satellite launching. And that is how they really got into geotechnical instrumentation. And as they kept approaching this field, they had a couple of collaborations with the French government to get very special technology. And a deep analysis seemed that this was a very interesting space. And uh, sensors were really not being manufactured by too many companies. But with the kind of civil structures that were coming up, they were going to be an essential part of all kinds of monitoring for every kind of civil structure, whether it is new or existing, and also for natural calamities like, say, landslides or uh, flood forecasting or uh, any of these mitigations. Definitely. Geotechnical engineering is becoming more and more important in today's world. 
especially in San Francisco, I believe the Millennium Tower, if that's the name of it, the skyscraper started tilting um, due to the soil that it was built on. Um, could you tell us a little bit more about how geotechnical engineering as a field has evolved over the last 55 years that Encardio Wright Electronics has existed? And how do you see geotechnical field growing in the future? Uh, initially, I think geotechnical instrumentation was only really used for dams because they were considered to be the structures that had to be kept safe. But as time has evolved, there are so many application areas that have developed today that use sensors. These areas are bridges, uh, nuclear power plants, landslides, monuments, high-rise buildings, tunnels. There is so much tunneling going around in the world. Tunnels are for rails, they are for roads, they are for water disposal, they are for rainwater harvesting. So all these tunnels need to be monitored. And as the cities are getting more and more congested, when you are constructing these tunnels, it is even more important to monitor the structures on top. So this is how the application areas of geotechnical engineering have increased. Even the way the sensors have been formed or the way we take data today has changed drastically in the last couple of years. Initially, we would install a sensor and then you would have a big black box or a big red box which somebody would go on and take to the field and record the data. Today, the data is on your mobile phone. You get alarms and you know exactly what to do. You can use that data to analyze the structure. You can use it for forecasting and everything is at your fingertips. So the sensors have also become very small. Uh, the initial tilt meter must have been, say, something like uh, a foot by a foot. Now it's a couple of inches. So besides being miniaturized, we have data loggers. And these data loggers can transmit the data using both GSM as well as RF. And at the moment, we are also developing transmission via satellites. Thereafter, it just comes on your computer or your mobile phone. So the field has evolved both in application as well as technology. There's also a lot of fiber optic sensors being used today. There is also a lot of sensors which, is, which are geodetic, which are being used today. Um, satellites are being used today for monitoring. So there is a combination of various technologies that are being used. Uh, where do we see the market going? Uh, geotechnical has two very large applications, one in existing structures and two in construction. We feel that there is so much infrastructure today in the market like bridges which are 50 years old, 100 years old. All these existing structures need to be monitored now. Uh, maybe not conventionally, the new mode of monitoring these is now installing GNSS on it. With GNSS, you get the XYZ location and you're monitoring these online. So if you see a change in a location, then you can get in for more intensive monitoring. A lot of laser scans are also done of these bridges and you can keep comparing consecutive scans and thereafter decide if a structure needs monument, uh, sorry, needs monument, monitoring. So in today's world, the asset monitoring for governments has become a big need and that is where we see this space evolving more and more than in construction 
in construction the application is also getting into very unique applications because everybody wants to uh, you know make the biggest the largest the fanciest so like for example we are working on this vanzabil tower right now this tower is being built on either side of the bridges of a bridge it is being built in dubai the foundation goes down about nine stories which is the basement and then there are two towers one is over uh, 100 stories the other one is about 74 stories and at 100 meters they are installing the heaviest link bridge now actually this is only challenging design so besides making the tallest building they making structures like this these buildings need to be very very closely monitored they also need to be monitored to ensure that they are they are absolutely vertical so these kind of challenging constructions is making the industry more innovative more enterprising and a lot more interesting so this industry is only growing and uh, the application areas are going now the other new application area is uh, we are going a lot into uh, natural energy resources so wind farming monitoring the large wind vanes that we have so it it is i think from when i joined the company 15 years ago to today it has totally evolved Thank you for such a thorough and technical answer. Um I think that people like our president Connor who have a deep interest in geotech will find that really interesting and useful. Shifting to a more personal question, what motivated you to get into geotech? I think I grew up hearing eating sleeping sensors. The conversation in our house was only about this project coming up here. Uh Tala Dam coming up in Bhutan or uh, Tehri Dam coming up in India and monitoring. So even for our projects, if we had a school project for science, my father would say, "Hey, take these load cells and go and explain these." So it was just something that you know was inborn into us because that's all we saw. And as time going on, went on, I was in uh, Singapore with my father on a just a visit. and at that time marina bay sands was being constructed so that was really my first experience of visiting a construction site and we went up in these rickety lifts those actually those construction lifts wearing those big fat boots and uh, that was something which just made me feel that experience that this is what i want to do i want to be associated with monitoring structures like this and it just gave me a thrill and that's where i got into it and as we as time passed it was this project it was the burj khalifa we were doing the foundation at that stage it was the different metro projects that we were doing so i think just seeing how every structure behaves so differently and i would say the innovative design that's going into all these things made me just get into this field and hang on for the last 15 years and i think i am as passionate about it as my father is today and i think i also eat dream sleep sensors and these structures and that's why i'm here there today so you studied business in college so i i was just curious of how you got such a in-depth technical knowledge was that mainly from your father or just from working in the industry for so long i think both uh a lot of training by my father but as i traveled and i uh, was involved with the projects i spent a lot of time on projects myself especially in uh, dubai and the middle east 
uh, we were doing uh, this huge uh, sewer project in Bahrain and I would go, I would spend time on site, I would speak to clients, I would observe what people were doing even in Dubai. So I think just spending time there and also working on proposals, uh, reading all the tender documents, uh, understanding the methodologies that had to be adopted. All these things help me understand, but I am still not an expert, but I have a team of experts to back me. But today I know enough or more to be able to understand and sell my sensors for a, to a client. You mentioned you've been with Encardio for the last 15 years. Is there any project or device that has stood out to you the most as one of your favorites? Uh, almost every project that I've worked on has been very interesting. But I think the one that's closest to my heart is that there is this artificial lake that we were working on. And uh, this artificial lake was next to a very iconic, tall building and there were fountains in the lake so the authorities or the asset owner were worried that uh, the fountains were causing these cracks and eventually the building could collapse uh, they got us in to install about four to five hundred sensors on the lake bed what was fascinating here was that the water was not emptied and we had to get divers, certified divers, to install these sensors under about, say, six feet of water. So just installing those sensors was one of the most interesting applications that I think I had experienced. We also made a tank at the factory and we stimulated the same situation. And then, you know, we realized that we have to put load we had to tie load on the divers otherwise they would not really go down and then uh, how long does it take to install a crack meter and then you know how much oxygen will be needed and all those calculations so it was something extremely different that we did and this study carried on for about two months we collected over a million data points and also we were taking the reading of sensors every eight seconds we had two or three different kind of sensors. So one was at eight seconds, one was at 13 seconds. And these readings were only taken when the fountains would go off. The fountains would go off every 30 minutes for a cycle of about 10 minutes. And that's when we would take the reading. And eventually uh, it was deciphered that it was not the fountains, but the construction had uh, been done so fast that they did not give the cement in enough curing time and that is why these huge cracks came out. So I think this was really one of the most interesting applications that I've been associated with personally. Wow, I think that's really fascinating considering uh, my personal interest in water treatment. It really gets me thinking about um, how, can, how can we do monitoring at, for example, uh, water treatment plants just to make sure that the facilities are, are safe and that we can get clean water while still making sure that this infrastructure is, the health of it is preserved. The last question we have for you is if you have any advice for current civil engineering students, especially those interested in geotech. I would say, uh, go for it, get your hands dirty, go onto the site, uh, 
it is one of the most interesting fields that you can get into uh, just like you like to you know monitor your body see what's happening in terms of what's your pressure what's your weight what's your temperature that is the same thing that you do for a structure i think we are simpler structures behave, uh, behave more complex they get affected by so many external factors like temperature air um, corrosion and um, it's a great learning experience there are no free lunches and no shortcuts Thank you so much again for joining us, especially after such a long flight from India. Um, it was so interesting to learn about geotechnical engineering. Um, I definitely learned a lot, and I'm sure Leah did too. Um, we hope to see you next time at our next episode with BKF Engineers, which is coming up next week. I'm Ivan. I'm Leah. And we'll see you then.